This week on Glistening Particles. The men and women came up with a term for it. They call it the zombie cocktail of medications, you know, that basically turned them into zombies, you know, they were just like walking around and they could speak in, you know, one or two syllable words, you know, maybe three or four words yeah. together. And that was about it, you know, and they. And that's you know, terrible. That's terrible. Uh, These uh, men and women have gone and risked their lives for us. And now we're like giving them like lobotomies almost. Yeah, and that's what it was. It was a chemical lobotomy. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. People have asked me how they can help the show, and I'm not going to ask for money. The best thing that you can do to help the show would be to go out to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating. That would help like crazy. It would make me so happy. The other thing would be to share the show through your own social media or email, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or our iHeartRadio or wherever. Go ahead and share it with a friend. I feel so honored to tell these stories, and the more you can help me get the word out, will make me so happy. Thank you. In this episode, I'm talking with Steve Daniluk. He's a retired Marine and has a company called Warfighter Hemp that provides CBD products to help people with pain, PTSD, anxiety, and other issues. Steve was inspired to create this company after he was going across the country, visiting wounded veterans and seeing what they were struggling with following their tours of duty. Be sure to hang through the whole episode because at the end, we have an awesome promo code for a discount for you for his products. Here's Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hey, happy to be here. You're doing some cool things in the world. So let's talk about that. Uh, sure, sure. I know. Where do you want me to start? Well, first of all, you were, were you in the military yourself? Yeah, I'm a retired Marine. I um, did 30 years, both active and in the reserves. And wow. I got two, two combat tours. Um, what uh, probably was the most uh, significant thing uh, that I did in the military that led me to founding Warfighter Hemp was that my uh, one of the last gigs I did in, in the Marine Corps was I worked wounded issues in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time at Walter Reed and uh, Bethesda was the naval hospital where the Marines were at that time. They're combined now into one facility, ironically, it was the Bethesda Naval Hospital that's still operational, but it's now called Walter Reed. So oh, um, the Army switched it up. Huh? So I uh, spent a lot of time there, and I, I traveled around the country to 
to visit different uh, treatment facilities where primarily Marines were being treated, but I met other uh, wounded service members from, from the different branches, men and women. Kind of uh, through that, that tour got a very good feel for what was going on in the world mm-hmm. uh, our military wounded and saw, saw some things that were, you know, just absolutely amazing in uh, how they were being treated and some things that were on the opposite end of the spectrum. Probably the two biggest things that bothered me, and I was, you know, I was, I was only a major at the time, so not, you know, a mid-level bureaucrat, basically. Um, okay. Couldn't influence, you know, you could influence policy by, you know, writing papers and point papers and trying to get the, you know, the brass to change things. Right. But um, there wasn't really any interest in changing things, unfortunately. Um, but the two biggest uh, things that bothered me were how the paralyzed veterans were mm-hmm. getting treated and how uh, it seemed like we were putting putting these men and women on a path to uh, addiction to opiates or other psychotropic medications. I remember clearly there was a Marine staff sergeant who was wounded in Fallujah who he called me up and he was like crying, you know, he's like, dude, I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm not a crier, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here in my apartment. I'm watching a soap opera and I'm just bawling. This is like that. It's like, this is, this is not me. This is not who I am, you know, but it was was all the, the meds that he was on, you know, they're, making them something, you know, mentally that, that uh, a, a different person. So, um, I mean, that was just one example, but, um, you know, the, the wounded guys came up for, a, and you, you have the darkest gallo humor right. in, in uh, the military wounded. And they came up with a, um, it seemed like, you know, in some ways, a lot of the guys said this was that the medication was just a means to kind of keep the guys quietly. Out right. Right. Uh, you know, well, cause there were, you know, in certain phases or there were a lot that were coming in, you know, and mm-hmm. it was overwhelming to, um, to the staff and whatnot. So, I mean, that the, the men and women came up with a term for it. They call it the zombie cocktail of medications, you know, that basically turned them into zombies, you know, and they were just like, walking around and they could speak in, you know, one or two syllable words, you know, maybe three or four words yeah. together. And that was about it, you know, and they. And that's you, terrible. That's terrible. Uh, These uh, men and women have gone and risked their lives for us. And now we're like giving them like lobotomies almost. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it was. It was a chemical lobotomy. Right. Exactly. As I said, I wasn't in a position of influence where I could do anything and uh, I don't think anybody in the military was in a, no matter how many stars you had on your shoulder, was in a position where they could have changed anything. It's something that's just got to really be driven from a grassroots level, you know. To, right. You know, well, for, it's systemic. Yeah. It's systemic and you, you can't like just change it overnight. So then how did that um, lead you to what you're doing today? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I um, left that that job uh i'm a airline pilot by profession so i went okay. back to um to my airline you know like i said earlier i i've got two combat tours um both of them were you know not i wasn't sitting behind a desk men and women who were, were in far 
worse places than I was. But mm-hmm. you know, with that said, I wasn't sitting behind a desk. But the so anybody who's been in combat is changed by the experience. You know, you're, right. you're affected by it. I, I had a unique perspective in that the first time I went, I was 20 years old. And the second time I went, I was 40 years old. So it was interesting. And I, I could see how the experience uh, made an impression on me in different ways, you know, based on my age and mature life experience, maturity and all that. Uh, Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, I'm not a psychologist, you know, but I mean, I think I think it's pretty commonly accepted in that field that human brain, you know, you, you, you really don't form who you are as a person until you're around 27 or 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, when you throw somebody who's, you know, 19 or 20 years old into, you know, an environment like that, um, you know, with an unholy formed uh, psyche, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's going to have a dif- different impact than on somebody who's more mature or I don't want to say more mature, but Just further developed, brain development. So do you think that it had like a negative impact on your, your actual, you know, brain development and the formation of your whole psyche? Oh, you know, I mean, I mean, there's so many factors that go into something like PTSD. Uh, Mm -hmm. to, you know, say this is, you know, what causes or, you know, you, you take two guys the same age, same socioeconomic background, mm-hmm. same life experience. You know, they're both 22 years old. Put them in, you know, they have the exact same combat experience. And one, you know, might come back, you know, fit into society completely uh, naturally and, and go on with the rest of their life. And the other one is never capable of doing that. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I, you know, I think we've you know barely begun to scratch the surface on uh, what, PTSD is. Um, Do you more, have that condition? Um, as I said, you know, you, you can't go through something like that and not be affected. But mm-hmm. it, it hadn't. Uh, it wasn't debilitating to me. Okay. Okay. Um, that's that's fair enough. Yeah. You know. I. You know. You know. All my moments, like you know, anyone else. You know, and you know. I think. I think. I think. Probably by and large, you know. Combat veterans probably drink more than most people, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that kind of you know personally I struggled with you know mm-hmm. a little bit you know I think I've kind of come to grips with it you know but mm-hmm. you know I th- I think um, that's a common uh, thing you know it's never gotten in the way of you know like you know my work or, or right no I understand it's the chill out at the night yeah evening, right yeah quiet the mind a little bit. Now I walk the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a better choice. I know. I have yeah. to have those kind of choices too. Staying on that line though, you know, sometimes I think there's benefits to just, you know, getting smashed or altering your, your mental state mm-hmm. um, through whatever means you do it. You know, uh, it might, might be, you know, excessive exercise or something, you know, right. It doesn't have to be alcohol or something, but I, I do think there's a human need to do that from time to time as well. Well, and to quiet our minds. I mean, there's a lot of different ways people choose to do that. Yeah. And some are healthier for some than others. Some are like for me, 
if I, I think alcohol could be a slippery slope for me. I mean, I've never, I would never consider myself on at this. And I, I don't think I'm in denial or anything. I mean, I, I drink like very rarely, but I know if I were to start letting that back into my life, I, it could be a, not a good situation for me. Yeah. So I choose to get out and ride my bike in the woods because that's how I clear my head. Yeah. And it has a lot better um, all around benefit than than the you know momentary time of a couple glasses of wine and just kind of feeling really good so it's a it's something i have to watch i mean and i haven't been in combat i don't have all those you know memories and situations to deal with that the military do but i get it i mean and you look back like in the 50s or the 40s or the 30s right people would come home and have a a drink every day i mean that was just (laughs) what's that the three martini lunch. Right. Right. And then and then, you know, all of a sudden that became the bad thing to do. And I'm not, you know, or to each his own. Let's just start with that. But that became like taboo. And then all of a sudden pre- prescription drugs are everywhere. Yeah. Everybody has to have, you know, uh antidepressant or an anti-anxiety because maybe they were taking care of that with a gut with a martini and that was enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, who who knows what the things are, but it sounds like you're on to something here with what you're doing with Warfighter Hemp. Yeah. So well, why don't you talk more about that for and tell me like a little bit more about what that yeah, is. Yeah, well well, you know, we're talking about altered states, but C B D derived from industrial hemp. And uh, first let, let me define what C B D derived from industrial mm-hmm. hemp is. Um so you have cannabis. Hemp the hemp plant is cannabis sativa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is marijuana. They're the exact same plant. What the difference is between industrial hemp and marijuana is solely the THC content. Congress legislated. They originally did it in the 2014 Farm Farm Act. They clarified it in the 2018 Farm Act. So if the plant has less than 0.3% THC, it's classified as industrial hemp. If the plant has more than 0.3% THC, which is very low, then it is classified as marijuana and it's not legal. Industrial hemp currently, uh, by law, by federal law, is legal in all 50 states. So that's what our product is uh, derived from, is industrial hemp. The other Significant difference between hemp and marijuana is that hemp is bred to be high in CBD, and it's naturally high in CBD, whereas marijuana is low in CBD, but high in THC content. So the healing element, you know, that people are discovering and that's exploding in the marketplace right now, CBD, Mm -hmm. the, the medical component of cannabis. Uh, so people often confuse the term medical marijuana or medicinal marijuana, mm-hmm. CBD, and they are the same thing by legal definition. They're not. Uh, and that's all the difference in the world. That's what makes our product legal, you know, and we can sell it online. Now, there, there's a lot of issues with we talk about that, too, but we're federally legal to sell our product. And how does it help the veterans? So going back to, uh, you know, the problems I saw at Walter Reed and with the wounded and whatnot. So when I left that job and went back to work for the airline, you know, still troubled by all that I saw. And I started working with a number of different nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I got to see, you know, a lot of these guys that I met at Walter Reed or Bethesda, you know, I got to meet them again, you know, a few years down the road uh, now that they've been discharged and um, they're out in the 
community and whatnot uh, through the different nonprofits that I worked with. And then I started my own nonprofit and uh, the focus was to get high tech wheelchairs mm-hmm. for wounded veterans. You know, these were, you know, crazy, crazy wheelchairs. Uh, like we're talking like 15 to anywhere from 15 to $30,000 okay. a piece that mm-hmm. the VA would not buy because uh, they're too expensive. Yeah. You know, raised a lot of money and bought a lot of wheelchairs. Um, but so these are guys who are double, triple amputees, paralyzed veterans. Uh, all told, it was over a thousand. It's probably close to twelve hundred of these wheelchairs. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was mind blowing. You know, so I'm talking, you know, fifteen twenty million dollars. It's we were... life changing for them. Yeah, yeah, and um, these were the guys that were dealing with the severe pain issues and uh, PTSD issues some severe PTSD. A lot of them were um, dealing with their pain and, and uh, PTSD issues with, with marijuana. Mm-hmm. And, and then I got educated uh, from, through them into CBD. And um, so Marine officer, airline pilot, mm-hmm. I'm the last guy in the world that you want to talk to about marijuana. Right. Right. <laughs> you might've been screened a few times, huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> And you can say the word, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the room, you know, right. you know, I got, you know, my job and my family's well-being, you know, depend mm-hmm. on me uh, being clean. Aside from that too, you know, when I first went, I first joined in 1981, there mm-hmm. were a, so this was a time when they were not drug testing in the, in the military. And there was a horrific uh, uh, mishap on I think it was on the USS Enterprise. A couple dozen sailors uh, were killed, I believe. And mm-hmm. the investigation determined that, that uh, it was because of marijuana. Um, that, I don't know, like half of the sailors were had THC, significant oh, THC in okay. the system. That's when the military uh, came out. This Governor Reagan at the time came out with the drug policy, and they started the urinalysis screening uh, program in all branches of the mm-hmm. service. And it was like overnight that the military changed. I mean, I, I remember, you know, I was, I was in, I was a medic in the 82nd airborne and I remember walking down the barracks, you know, when I was first there, like the first year or so that I was there, just walking mm-hmm. from one end to the other, you could get high, you know, just from, <laughs> you know, breathing, you know? Wow. Um, and then they started, testing and you know taking money away from people and then booting people and all of a sudden it was like overnight you know and and the military became a much more professional force you know i hate to hate to say it to my pre-drug screening friends you know but changed for the better so it's a policy that i I wouldn't i wouldn't recommend the military changed at all right right oh no totally not i mean I would think that that's what you would want in your military are people who are clear thinking or, or, or you're, not under the influence you know, right. or your taxi cab driver or whoever, you know? Right, well, right, right. But I mean, when we're talking about the military specifically, yeah, no, I would like everybody that's in, responsible for my safety to um, have their minds about them, including myself, you know? But the CBD, uh, which is one of, um, I think they're, Counting, you know, somewhere between 120 and 150 different cannabinoids that are in the cannabis plant. 
that they've uh, labeled um, THC. And what does that mean? What does that mean that they're labeled, that they do different things? Yes, uh, exactly. Um, Things that they think they might do, but they don't have enough research, you know, and whatnot. Um, But the two well-known ones are THC and CBD right now. Um, THC is psychoactive, so it affects your, your, your brain and that, you know, hits different receptors in your, in your brain and, and, uh, causes a psychological or psychoactive reaction. CBD is not, you don't get high, you don't, you can't get addicted to it, uh, but it seems to have a huge impact on, on, uh, pain and, uh, anxiety, there's a myriad of, of things, you know. We're not supposed to claim that it helps any of these things because the FDA would be all over us if we did. Well, that's what's kind of confusing to me. Well, for one thing, I was out in Oregon, I think, Oregon State, where um, marijuana at that time, this was like two years ago, was legal. And we went into a place where you can buy it. I wasn't buying any because I wasn't, I just didn't have the desire to get high or anything like that. But it was fascinating to me that there are all these different blends. Like uh, back in my day, you know, around 81, actually, I think we're probably the same age. Um, It was, you know, the pot that was being smoked was one kind, essentially. And it did the same thing pretty much. Whereas now it's, there's all these different, like, do you want to be like full of energy? Do you want to chill out? Do you want to laugh? Do you want to be introspective? You know, like you can actually, like, it's like choosing wine or something. But then now, like in Wisconsin, where it's not legal, I go to like a natural health store and they have all these CBD, CBD products now. But even there, they're claiming this one is for anxiety. This one will help you lose weight. This one is for pain. Yeah. Like, is are, are we that granular no, that we know that? I don't know. Uh, I, I would disagree with that. You know, CBD is a molecule. So, you know, the properties of the molecule don't change. So the effects of the molecule aren't going to change either. I mean, different additives that people might put in their blend, you know, um, might, mm. you know, like okay. I don't know, different oils or whatever might be, you know, what they're trying to base that on. But I have a CBD story for you. If you'd like <laughs> to hear a quick, um, not a great one, but it's, it's actually a great one, but it's not a great one for me. <laughs> so I have this little bottle of CBD oil that's in like a brown with a dropper, brown glass bottle right. with a dropper in it. And the idea is you put like 15 drops under your, or on your tongue and you then swallow it essentially. And it tastes like vanilla. And then Brene Brown, the author had this list of things she recommends as awesome things, like her favorite things. And one of them was this oil called Vintner's Daughter that you order on a website called Goop. So Mm -hmm. I ordered the oil. Turns out it's in the same kind of little brown, you know, bottle with Mm -hmm. a dropper. Okay. So they're both in the bathroom on the shelf. And one day I'm like getting ready to go out and I'm like, oh, I need to put some of that oil on my face. And I'm, I get the drops. You're only supposed to do like five and you rub it in your hands and then you rub it on your face. And I'm like rubbing it on. Also, I'm like, oh, no, this is the CBD oil. It smells like vanilla. So I'm washing my face really quick thinking that was a bad idea. What's that going to do to my face? I figured I was pretty safe on that. But then about literally three days later, I go to put CBD oil under my on my tongue and I, you know, put in the 15 drops and then all of a sudden realized that tastes like flowers. That's not vanilla. (laughs) So I ended up putting the oil that's supposed to go on my face in my mouth at like seven in the morning. And I, so since then I've put like blue tape all over my bottles. 
because apparently I can't read labels, but yeah. Luckily, both of them were food grade, so I was okay. Nothing, you know, there, no one was harmed in that experiment. Um, but it makes me, it, it's like, I don't know that I have direct, like I was taking it because I, I injured my shoulder and I thought maybe it would help. And I think it did, but I didn't have like, it wasn't like, oh, it's gone, you know? So what are you finding, you know, is working for people? Well, uh, using it topically, that, uh, like you just mentioned that you did by accident. I um, I had, you know, some weird, you know, growth on my arm. Uh, nothing major. You know? mm-hmm. I I did go to a dermatologist about it, and they they tried to burn it off, and it didn't really do anything. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of like looked like um, a couple scabs or something, um, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't go away. And I used CBD on it, and uh, they cleared up in two to three weeks and, and wow. stayed gone. Um, we've got uh, a number of people with eczema who use it for that reason. And they say it works, mm. works fantastic. Um, for uh, shoulder pain, like you mentioned, you can use it topically. Mm. Uh, so even though it tastes like vanilla, I can put it on my shoulder. Yeah, we, okay. we actually have a lotion. Um, I recommend getting a lotion rather than using the picture okay. for that. Um, All right. I might get some of that because I want this to be better. You know, I'm riding a yeah. whole bunch of miles this month for the, yeah, for the ride. For so athletes, that would be awesome. it's, you know, the, the world uh, doping agency, which controls like the tour de France and the Olympics and all that. They remove CBD from, from the uh, banned substance list. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's World-class awesome. World-class athletes can use it. Uh, for that reason, you know, cy- cycling is a big one. You know, you're you're hunched over, mm-hmm. you know, for long periods of time. Uh, you know, me, I would use it on my butt probably. That's one of those tips I'll try to share out to people. <laughs> um, you know, I've uh, if I'm writing a lot or you know typing a lot, you know, my hands ache. I'll mm-hmm. use it topically and it's, it works hmm. for me at least you know uh amazing and so what have you found for the veterans like what have you seen you know as you're marketing this i mean so you're marketing your products right they're already in use and people can order them yes what are you what are you getting as like feedback from so customers? Mo- most want to get off of the the meds that they uh, initially got put on by DOD and then the VA continued. I mean, I've had so many veterans tell me that they feel that what the VA is doing is trying to slowly kill kill them or uh, do a slow assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. And they want to get off, you know, these you know, guys who are on 20, 20, 25 different medications. You know? Yeah, That's and they can't, they, who can even keep track you know, even if you weren't on medication, you keep track right. of well, different also, things that you're supposed to. Also, those meds are doing things to their bodies that, you know, nobody's telling them because who reads the yeah. fine print? But a lot of times any any prescription a person would take has the potential of depleting their body of somebody else because it's just going after a very narrow well, mechanism in thing, the body. Was, you know, you most, know? most of these meds have, you know, a list of 20 or so potential side effects and usually at the top of the list is risk of suicide this oh, is like a huge problem in the veteran community 
suicide. So you think there's a correlation between all these medications that might induce suicide and suicide you know, in the mm-hmm. veteran community? Right. I mean, it's like, duh, you know. Right. You know, meanwhile, you know, the government and the VA are, you know, pouring, you know, millions and millions of dollars, you know, trying to uh, fight this veteran suicide ep- epidemic and they're accomplishing nothing. Mm-hmm. Have you paid attention to what other countries around the world are doing with regards to um, veterans and PTSD and pain? Um, you know, I know a lot of veterans in different countries and I travel a lot, you know, I'm a international pilot mm-hmm. as much as I'm bitching about the VA and we take care of our veterans better than any other country mm. except maybe Israel by and large we take care of our veterans pretty good except for this medication issue and that that's more of a societal issue than it is just a, a VA issue but the VA can take the lead in it and by recognizing it mm-hmm. and doing something about it and they haven't haven't done that yet you know and that's what I'd like to see a lot of the times too because they're veterans and like with my dad he was on a fixed income at this point when he was using the VA and that was his best choice financially but a lot of times they don't have the money to go and get other alternative care you know maybe massage would help more or acupuncture or or yoga or these things except they don't have the money to do those things so they go to what they can afford and all they're giving them is this it's kind of like i mean the way i would equate it to is it's like to eat really healthy foods these days you have to pay the prices for organic foods and grass-fed beef uh, but if you don't have the money for that, then you end up having to, you know, eat the really crappy processed food, which has all of the chemicals in it. So it's like we're doing it backwards. Yeah, no. I mean, if we would feed people the healthy food, we wouldn't have as much illness. And if we would treat our veterans to more natural treatments, like what you're offering and other natural um, methods of healing, we wouldn't have su- the suicide rates potentially, and we certainly wouldn't have as much suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing it backwards. I'm trying. I live in D.C. and I, you know, I go up on the hill and I, I know personally know three congressmen who are veterans. Pushing my friendship with with them, you know, as much mm-hmm. as I complain about this issue, I've had over 500 letters that veterans have written to both the Congress and the FDA on this. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh, like you're, we're banging our head against the wall. The drug companies uh, can't sell these drugs. You know, they want to sell something else you know and they don't want you know some small farm you know making their profits you know when they could be making it well i get and that's the unfortunate thing and then downstream where everybody suffers so customers do you have right now that are buying your products and is it only or do you only sell to no no i mean we target veterans you know because that's you know i kind of structured this business so i can't make money off of it um so right off the bat half the profits go to veteran charity to for example, I talked mm-hmm. about the wheelchairs and whatnot. We're buying, uh, we've bought two with profits so far. We're we're uh, funding a third next month. Uh, no, I'm I'm sorry, later this month in New Jersey. So right there, that's seventy thousand uh, dollars that we've sp- spent on wheelchairs. You know. Proceed. Oh wow! So all of your so when you say it goes directly to the the nonprofit, it's going to the one for the uh, wheelchairs. That and then we've got um, and they're on the website. We've got a handful of other nonprofit that I okay. know and you know that nobody's they're all volunteer and nobody's nobody's uh pocketing money on it and mm-hmm. uh, they're good good groups so we support them too That's and amazing. then uh, pretty much the rest of the money is rolled back into the 
business right now to into the production and all the costs. How long have you had the business? Uh, we've been we've been selling for so over two years, maybe closer okay. to two and a half years, but kind of in the shadows until until last December. You know, really, mm-hmm. are we going to go to jail doing this? You know, I mean, like, you know, like, <laughs> we think we're legal and nobody's going to come after us, but could they? Probably could if they wanted to, you know. So it was really, um, we weren't tr- trying to put our name out there too much. And are you now? Uh, yeah, to the extent that we can, just because, you know, we don't have any money, you know, for advertising or anything like mm-hmm. that. So primarily it's all through word of mouth, you know, through the veteran community, okay. getting veterans or other veterans. It, so if we were visiting, if my kids and I were visiting the Veterans Hospital, which I'm trying to encourage them to do, because... Actually, I should ask you this. I'm going to have like three questions, so don't let me lose them. Um, one is, if we were going to, if we wanted to go to the Veterans Hospital just to walk around and have conversations and give people a visit, you know what I mean? Like something different to see, someone different uh, to talk to. Would they like that? Uh, I would contact them first. I mean, would the patients like that? I guess. Yeah, I, point. you know, I mean, at um, like at Walter Reed, we had people. You know, you'd have you know rock stars and sports heroes and mm-hmm. politicians coming through all the time um to, to a point where the, the the wounded guys you know would you know kind of set up calendars you know and you know you're not worthy you know? <laughs> okay i'll see beyonce you know but uh, you know it got kind of ridiculous <laughs> certainly you know uh, veterans who are in hospice care would i think mm-hmm. would appreciate visits and you got older veterans you know world war ii mm-hmm. korea veterans vietnam veterans who are going to be there um, you know, I had another person on the show uh, probably last year, mid-year or so. Her name is Lisa Wimberger, and she has a company called Neurosculpting okay. Institute. And what they do is she works with uh, veterans and PTSD by helping, like, rewire mm-hmm. their minds, sort of. I mean, not like the way that sounds. That sounds very science fiction-y, but it's more about teaching them to, um, as the PTSD trauma starts to kick, of how to train their mind to go to mm-hmm. to not do it to basically pause that trigger, and it would be kind of cool for you for the two of you to talk and work together. Yeah, a bit. She might be. There might be some. She might synergy. be uh, interested in in the product too. Um, I mean, we. I mean, I, it's phenomenal. Some of the the success stories that I've heard. I know, and there's just something so good about paralleling yeah. some of these. You know going or all going in the yeah. same direction let's partner up you know i think it'd be interesting to hear a few random facts about you like all about you not about veterans not about hemp not about all that but just my son's 12 i think the my favorite thing to do in the world is to go he loves to uh play anything that has a ball involved oh. uh, so my favorite thing in the world is to go to his games i'd rather do that than go oh. see a world series game Aww. This would be fact number two. My my wife is on active duty in the Marine Corps. She's a uh, she outranks the full colonel. So I re- she is right now. Yeah. She is. Uh, so I retired as a huh. lieutenant colonel. So. So your wife is a colonel in the in mm-hmm. the Marines. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's so really. Interesting. We'll see what happens. <laughs> is that why you left? Yeah. Like, oh no, no I, she's moving up ahead know, of me. I gotta it's go. funny when I um. <laughs> so after I left active duty, I didn't go into the reserves right away um i got hired by by the airline and um there was a 
period of a few months where I, I had no affiliation with the military. And after about the third time that she introduced me as her dependent spouse, which is, <laughs> which is what we call, you know, the spouse of, you know, a military person. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I've had enough of this. Uh-huh. And, uh, Went and, went and looked for a reserve unit. <laughs> I guess the right. third is I'm an immigrant. I was born in uh, Toronto, Canada. I uh, crossed really? the border, had to learn the language. Uh, it was. <laughs> was it really you know, hard? But, you know, it was in a caravan, <laughs> so that, that made it a little bit easier. You know. <laughs> oh, my. So, um, so did you, when you emigrated from Canada... Were you like, did you stay north or did you right away go down to DC? No, no. My, my, uh, my dad was a uh, scientist. He got a, a job working for the U.S. government, actually. So I grew up in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. But so I, didn't, uh, I didn't get my uh, citizenship until I was in college. So, so I hmm. served enlisted as a foreigner. And then uh, to get commissioned, you had to uh, be a U.S. citizen for, for security clearance. So that's another funny story. So I, I uh, was living in San Francisco and I, mm-hmm. I got my hearing, you know, it was uh, INS at that time, uh, down in San Francisco and okay. went in and everybody else in there is Hispanic, you know, from Guatemala or El Salvador or somewhere, it seemed like. Uh, uh-huh. And nobody was really speaking English. And I sat on a bench and the guy behind me, and I spoke Spanish. I spent the previous summer in Guatemala learning Spanish pretty much. And, and uh, the guy behind me, I had a lawyer, an uh, immigration lawyer, and they're talking in Spanish and the lawyer's quizzing him, you know, on questions, you know, like questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there were going to be questions. <laughs> so I'm just, my ears perk up, you know, and I'm listening in on this thing, you know, and, you know, and then when it, was my turn to go in, you know, sure, sure enough, the um, agent or whoever, you know, was that interviewed me, you know, asked me the questions, you know, what, what are the three branches of government, you know, who are, who are the U.S. senators <laughs> from the state, you know, I would have failed the test if I, if I hadn't, you know, been eavesdropping on this guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let everybody know how to find your company and uh, yeah, how the you can support easiest uh, way to find us is on the website. Just Google Warfighter Hemp and pop right up. And then right. uh, I want to give a shout out to our Facebook page because if you want to learn about CBD, if you go to our Warfighter Hemp info group on Facebook, you can ask any question okay. and you're going to get a dozen people that, that use CBD who will respond. Uh, so if you got questions on will it work for this problem or what's the dose I should take or how often sure. should I take, how should I take it? You know, give okay. Or is it okay yeah. if I rub it on my face? Is that okay? <laughs> what, acne is one of the things that they, uh, they think it's going to, you know, drug companies are looking at it. Let's just leave it at that. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, because all the horrible, I mean, that's just another place where the medications that they were giving people for acne were creating so much, so many worse problems downstream that it was, you know, worse in the long run. All right. So I have to say, Steve, it's been a really interesting ride here with you. One other thing before 
before you go. Um, anybody who's listening, if they want to try it, uh, I, I realize that the product is expensive. Um, if, you, if you see anything that's less expensive than us, make sure one, make sure that it's what they say it is. Ask for lab testing results mm-hmm. and where do they get it, where it's grown, etc. You know, we're, we're affiliated with the farm. So, I mean, from the seed going in the ground to the bottle arriving on your doorstep, we've got our hands on it the whole way. Uh, it's U.S. organically grown. Um, and if you go, again, if you go on the Facebook page, you'll find, ask people, how many different brands have you tried before you settled on Warfighter Hemp? And they get mm, some interesting mm-hmm. answers. Um, and then, uh, but because it's expensive, uh, if you've never tried it, but you want to try it, but gee, you know, it is expensive. You can use the promo code new to CBD, N-E-W-2, the number two, CBD, and get 50% off your first order. So take advantage of that. Oh, wow. 50%. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. It was so great talking to you. And I hope we get the word out and get more people pain-free and feeling like they've yeah. got their heads back again. All right. So that was a great story. And the work that he's doing um, comes from the heart, which is the best part of these stories. So I wanted to give you an update on my shoulder. Not that that's all that matters, but I wanted to bring the CBD story full circle for you. So since that episode was recorded, interestingly enough, I had a minor car accident and it actually in a way flared up my shoulder again, but actually it's better now. And one of the things I did was right after the accident, I went to a local store And I talked to the people there who know a lot and bought a CBD product that I needed right away on the spot. And it's a cream like Steve recommended. I used it on my shoulder for a couple days and it feels amazing like it's completely cured. So definitely check out the products and take advantage of the 50% promo code, which is once again, new number two CBD. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And go out there and leave a review. Are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.